0: In where Jesus I can safely go. Thank you for bearing with me there for just a few moments as I get situated. Brother Kevin, you always do such a fine job directing the singing. I want to echo that again from this morning. I think it needs to be said. And an excellent job by all the singers I've jokingly said in the past that we have a fine choir in the Lord's church, every single member. <laughs> you all sound great. It's a privilege to sing with you. And the singing tonight, as always, was fantastic. Brother Jimmy, excellent job with the scripture reading. I hope in prayer is fantastic. Just appreciate everything that is done appreciate you. Always thankful for another privilege of standing before you to break open another portion of the bread of life we know as the Bible. Had a fantastic afternoon and I hope that you have as well. And it's good to be together. This is the second time upon the first day of the week to worship with those alike in precious faith our Father whom is in heaven. We're thankful for the Word. We're thankful for how it directs our steps and lights our path in life and the encouragement that comes from reading, listening, and knowing the commands and associated promises in God's Word. And I forgot to mention this morning, and I do apologize, I meant to mention and before the sermon, I want to do it this evening, but thank you so much for praying for my dad. I appreciate that more than I can say. And Thank you for praying for my father-in-law, Danny Parsons, as well. Uh, Both seem to have made a complete recovery. Uh, My father-in-law is back to work now. Uh, He's semi-retired if you will he works monday through thursday in a light maintenance job he's 63 now so he's back to that light maintenance job he seems to be in a normal healthy walk of life and it seems that his blood pressure they've got the right medicine for him It has decreased and is doing well. And at the top numbers, never any more than 140 at the worst. And at one time, it was 240. And that's when he had the brain bleed. So that has subsided as well. And I won't tell you what the bottom number was, or you'll really shake your head with that 240. And that was on medicine as well. So goodness knows what it really was. It was really dangerous, that's for sure. But your prayers made all the difference in God working His will. And with my dad, he's still taking some steroids. He's finishing those up. He does have CLL, which is a form of leukemia, blood cancer. So when he contracted COVID-19, it was very dangerous with that compromised immune system. And he doesn't want to admit that he has a compromised immune system. He feels great, is what he says. But it was very difficult, and uh, it was very dire and grim for a while. And again, your prayers and the prayers of other Christian people have made a world of difference. And he's back home. He's uh, back to his normal activities and was over with the boys for a couple hours at our house yesterday. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your faithfulness and for your dedication to pray without ceasing for those needs. And I want you to know that I remember you as well and am always happy to pray and do whatever I can to be an assistance unto you. If you have your Bible, I would invite you please to open with me or look at the Gospel of Matthew chapter 21 and starting our thoughts this evening, our remarks in verse 28 of that very chapter. Matthew 21 and verse 28. I want to talk to you tonight in our time together regarding laboring, regarding work and building upon some past lessons that I've shared with you recently. We've talked about laboring. We've talked about working to evangelize the world, if you will. Those that are around you. Those that you have influence with to set the right example. And realize that the harvest and the fields are wide, The laborers are few. The laborers, that's us. And we certainly have work to do for the Lord. First lesson point. Our work is essential. It's important. It's greatly needed. And it is without hesitation. Our service, first lesson point, must be immediate in nature. Let's read Matthew 21. Verse 28. But what, thank you, a certain man had two sons and he came to the first and he said, Son, go work when? When should you go work? Today in my vineyard. Immediate service without hesitation, faithful work, being concerned about what we do, and placing the kingdom first in our lives. Our service is to be without hesitation, and it is to be immediate in nature. No doubt There is work to do. Second lesson point. Yes, it's immediate. But please remember that we work for and with the Lord. When you're doing the Lord's work, when you're teaching others, when you're studying His Word, when you're praying without ceasing, continuous according to His will, you're striving to be a shining light, letting your good works shine before others that they may see them and glorify your Father whom is in heaven, your light, if you will, please realize that you're working for and holding two thoughts together with God. I call your attention, please, over to the Old Testament, to the book of Haggai chapter 2 and verse 4. I want to challenge you tonight. Find Haggai. Shelby Roy has it with a H A G H-A-G <laughs> in that handheld Bible. I'm going to read it for you, so don't worry. And I wanted to throw this into the lesson. It was true in that time. And we find it echoed throughout the pages of the New Testament as well. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 4. Listen to what the Bible says, please. Yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, And be strong, O Joshua, son of Josaphat, the high priest. And be strong, all you people of the land, saith the Lord. Now don't just stop there. Not just in the strength. And that's to the man. God is giving that to the man. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. And be strong. Work, for I am with you. I want you to notice that. I want to highlight that for you this evening. Work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. You never walk alone in your service unto the Lord. He goes with you. And He is pleased with the work that we are willing of our own free will to do. God does not compulse us. He does not make you do anything. He gives you His Word and He asks you to love Him enough to do what He has commanded you to do. It's up to us. We can make the right decision or we can make a poor decision. But when we decide to love God enough to trust Him, follow Him, put His will and His ways first in our lives, seek His kingdom that way, Make that right decision. Day in and day out. We work for Him. And He works with us. And what a joy. Now I want to preview. Next Sunday morning is my intention to build upon this lesson and talk again about the joys of service unto the Lord the grace, the mercy. And as we think about this season where individuals think about peace and they think about joy front and center at this time of year, I want to remind you that all year long from January to December in 2021, just as it was evident this year, there is peace, there is comfort, there is joy, there is goodwill. Every day. For the one who follows the Lord. And there is work to do. Turn back please to the New Testament. Book of Mark. Chapter 13. And verse 34. Please. God has collective work for us to do. Oh yes. But He has individual tasks as well. Mark chapter 13 and verse 34. Specialized and individualized work to do for every follower of God. Listen to what the book of Mark says. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house And notice what He did. He gave authority to His servants and notice. And to how many? What's the Bible say? To every man. His work. And commanded the porter to watch. Work for all of us to do. Now that begs the question, doesn't it? What work does God have for me to do? Now there's no doubt, here in the local congregation of the Lord's Church in Stanford, we are overly and greatly blessed. With a vibrant eldership, with a vibrant deaconship, and with a vibrant membership. But sometimes when you're so blessed, it's easy to step back and say, well, the elders do the work. The deacons do their work. We've got five or six men that preach and teach. What is there for little old me to do? But the Bible says that God has work for every. Person. Phone call. Card in the mail. Kind word. Prayer daily. Being present at the services. Striving to be an encouragement. It's work that everyone can do. And please remember haven't shared this with you in a while, but I want to. There is no such thing in the church as big I and little you. No such thing. Now we see that sometimes in those around us, in various groups, Sometimes they elevate certain individuals. But in the Lord's church, that will never, ever be the case. If a man wants to come forward, share a lesson from God's Word, a scriptural lesson, I would be more than happy always to take a seat and listen to that man. If a lady is willing to teach other women and teach children, we are thrilled. As long as that teaching is scriptural in nature. When we come together to sing praises, we're not featuring talent. We're not featuring an artist. It's not about glory for the singer. It's about the object of worship. Making sure that God is pleased with the worship, the song service. That He is the object, and we're offering unto Him a song service, blending our voices together and teaching and admonishing one another. It's the same with prayer, it's the same with preaching, it's the same with being around the table. And it's the same with free will given according to prosperity as we purpose within ourselves. It's done in such a way, not to draw attention to the person, but to give credit, glory, and honor unto the Lord. And brothers and sisters, friends, that is very different from what you find in the world, even in the religious world, if you will. I use that loosely. It's very different than what you find. We always want to make sure that every individual Christian realizes there is work individualized to the person for them to do. And all of us collectively wanting to please God with the work That is before us. Turn your Bibles please to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's read a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. The very last verse. Verse 58. And I enjoy reading. I enjoy sharing it with you. And it seems that it finds a way into my sermons. Week in and week out. I believe it's that important. God is looking for abundant... Laborers. Next lesson point. Please remember our service is immediate. Please remember that we work for and because He's so merciful with our Lord. Please remember that there is individual work for every Christian to do and to see to and through. And we want to be abundant. In the labors that find themselves before us. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Beloved brethren, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. And there's where I took the lesson point. Let's be abounding, growing in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know your labor is not in vain. I've said it before. It's the most important labor that can be done. We're building a case. I remember speaking with an individual that had spent his life working for 40 to 50 years in a factory setting. And that individual said to me, and maybe I've shared this with you, but it took hold. It resonated with me. I was younger. And He said unto me, When I die, I'm up in years now. And when my time comes, I would like my tombstone to say something besides He worked in a factory. I would like to be known more for just making car parts. Our work that is truly important what we truly want to abound in is the work for the Lord. That work follows us even to eternity. God knows. God notices. And Revelation 14.13 has taught us that our labors, even after we have gone on, still speak. The examples, the encouragement, the uplifting nature that we have for those around us, even when we depart this life, is still at work. Therefore, it is an abounding work. God is looking for abundant labors, and we know this our labor is 100% beneficial and essential. In the book of Philippians, chapter 2, and verse 12 we find that in the field of our own lives there is work. In the field of our own lives there is labor, there is inventory to be taken. Wherefore, beloved, as you have always obeyed, do you want that said about you? I want that said about me. I want God to say that Brett Baker with all his faults strived to be obedient. And when he made a mistake he took inventory of it. He tried to make it right. He asked for forgiveness and he tried to go on getting back to doing what is pleasing. Would you like that said about you? as he always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. I thought about something. Brother Daniel and several others will appreciate this. The old saying is, when the boss is away, the workers or the kids will play. Have you heard that? And I found that to be true. I have found that I work a little bit harder when my boss is present. At least I'm a little bit more cognizant of what's going on. And when she's gone, I can relax just a little, right? Now here's why I said Brother Daniel, has nothing to do with that. It has to do with being a substitute teacher. Now, when I was in grade school, as we used to say, or middle school, we just looked forward to the day that Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so called in sick. Why? Because we knew the substitute was coming, and we knew we were going to have fun. We're going to tell them things that aren't true. We're going to mess up the schedule. We're going to try to get more recess in fifth grade. Oh, of course, we go out at 1245, but we're going to tell them that, and we're going to hope they fall for it, Right? Because the teacher was a way the kids would play. We looked forward to that. Well, that's great until you become the substitute. And that happened to me. For a semester, I was the substitute and I got to pay. And my mom said, when you have your boys, you'll pay for your raising. Well, that started even before the boys. I paid for how I mistreated those poor substitutes. I thought about that, Daniel, and other teachers that we have. Jameson was here and others. I thought about that as I read Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. These individuals were commended for being obedient even when no one is looking. Even when the substitute is there, if you will, I still find you doing what needs to be done. Now, we knew that we were going to pay for what we did The next day. We knew that when Mr. or Mrs. So and so came back. And that note was written by the substitute. Your class is awful. Signed. (laughs) That at 9 a.m. Perhaps Mr. Hopkins is saying. What did you all do? And never let it happen again. Right? We had to pay for it. We lost that recess. The next day. that we might have gained the day before. Now let's get back to the scriptures. Here's the lesson. Work out your own salvation with both fear and trembling. I wanted to be lighthearted for just a few moments and share something with I believe we all can relate to in our lives. Being obedient. Following through on the work that has been set before us even in the field of our own lives. We have been admonished. and We have been taught through Scripture that we are responsible for working out our own salvation with both fear. That's the beginning of wisdom. The Bible has taught that to fear the Lord is wise. He's reverent, not man. We have work to do even in our own lives. This was written, yes, to Christian people. Those that were obedient were told to continue taking inventory, continue working, and never lose sight of the ultimate price that was paid and given on your behalf. We talk a lot where I work about individuals receiving a fair chance. And oftentimes where I work, we encourage employers to hire individuals who might have a checkered past because they'll appreciate it all the more. And they will be Demonstrating that even more so than someone who maybe doesn't truly appreciate the opportunity. So, as we think about the field of our own lives, always remember that you're working for the one who gave his son the purchase ransom price for my sin. Never lose sight of that. And I want to remind you, you will never, ever, ever become offended when you remember it was my sin that cost a perfect Savior. And He left the splendors of heaven because of me. Those splendors. And humbled Himself to take on the form of a man to give of Himself because of my failings makes me all the more appreciative and wanting to work out my salvation with both fear and trembling. Placing God first. And how about evangelizing? How about carrying the message to the world? The world around you is lost, dying spiritually, and undone and seems to be getting worse day in and day out. Romans chapter 1 is right. Not only do they participate in sin themselves, but they readily support all the other wrongs as well. Turn your Bibles, please, with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, and let's read one verse. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. The work of evangelizing. What does it mean to be an evangelist? That's simply one that carries the good news. It's what I'm doing this evening. It's what I did this morning. And it's what you will do this week individuals find it so odd that in the Lord's church we find ourselves all to be ministers in some way. The membership, all minister, we're all servants. And that's what the word minister means. Truly, in the original language, it's one who serves in some capacity. And we all have a ministry. Let's read. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, serve the Lord, preach and teach his word. That can be done here, that can be done across the coffee table. That can be done in the seat of the vehicle. That can be done through other mediums that are technological now. That can be done through shortwave radio that we support here at the Stanford Church of Christ in all our efforts. Evangelize. Tell others that have no hope. Help them to realize that outside of Jesus Christ there is no hope the heavenly home is available for all that will render faithful obedience to Jesus Christ. But if we meet that judgment seat outside of Him, standing in our own righteousness, oh how sad, and oh how short I will fall if I find myself in that condition. You may say, I don't speak well. You may say, I'm not as studied as I need to be. Well, there's a hundred excuses for not doing what we need to do. But here's the right one. Can you tell them that Jesus saves? Can you tell them He died for you? That His Bible is right? Are we able? Absolutely. That the church is available for you. Won't you come? The church is reaching out. We want to evangelize. You see, I study this Bible every day. And I learn every day. And if I'm blessed to stand before you at 80 years old, I'll still be learning. So it doesn't come to the point where you have to arrive and you know everything, and now I can talk to individuals. Tell them about the love of God. <clears throat> Tell them that Jesus sent his son. Tell them that this world is not their home, that it's going to be melted in fervent heat when God sends his son back to judge. The quick and the dead. Have you made preparation? Have you been faithful to Jesus? He's Lord. He's Savior. And best yet, best of all, He loves you dearly. God loves you dearly. We need to hear it. He loves you dearly. To the point that He was willing to give His only begotten Son for you and for me. Tell them. Share with them. That's simple, is Tough to do. I understand. Sometimes we get a little nervous. We don't know what folks will say. We want to help one another. Plant those seeds. You never know who may come along in water. And we do know that God will give the increase and receive the glory. Lastly, turn your Bible please back to where we began. Just four chapters ahead. Gospel of Matthew chapter 25. We started in chapter 21. Let's end in Matthew chapter 25. And let's read two verses that speak for themselves. God is asking you to work according to your ability. He's not asking you to perform some great feat, to receive sainthood if you will. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that if you are a Christian, you're already a saint. God is asking you According to his word, right here in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 22, to begin to do the best you can with what he has given you. Let's read Matthew chapter 25 and starting our remarks in verse 22. He also that had received how many talents? That was money at that time. How many talents? This isn't the five talent person, right? This is the two talent person. Okay? God has entrusted him. Came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I put them to work. I did the best I could do. I went to work for you. I'm modest. I've taken the charge you've given me. Now let's read. I want to set that stage. I gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Oh, he was pleased. Well done, good and faithful servant. He's the Lord, he's master. We are but servants of the Master. He has entrusted unto us and He has asked us to deliver again according to Thou ability. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. What kind of Lord do you serve? I gave you a modest task. Just a few things. And you did it. To the best of your ability, you did what I asked you to do. Now, I will reward you richly. A few responsibilities allows us spiritually to become a ruler over many things. Only God offers such a promise as that. Be responsible in these few and I will give you authority. Make you Lord ruler over many things. Enter you into the joy of the Lord. We're going to talk about that Lord's will next week if I'm pleasured pleasure to be back with you. And I'm looking forward to it already. If I have that privilege, we're going to think about the joy of the Lord. And you can't think about the joy of the Lord and separate the work, separate the labor. It's a joyful thing to serve The Almighty. It's a humbling understanding that God allows us. Again, I'm a servant. You're a servant. And the Lord, the Lord, is allowing us to serve Him. What a joy! What a rich blessing. In just a few things, if I can be faithful, and we can do it and remain so, it's going to make us ruler over many. He can't lie. In God there is no untruth. His yea is yea. You can rest assured on that promise. The joy of the Lord granted unto the faithful. I hope you're encouraged. I hope this lesson is uplifting. And I thank you for allowing me to share it with you. If you are present and you have a need to render faithful obedience to your Lord's invitation, the plan is simple, it's easy to understand. It's laid out in Scripture and it's all made possible by the sacrifice of your Lord Jesus Christ. Come believing, willing to repent, confess your faith in Jesus as the Son of the living God and won't you be buried with Him in the watery grave of baptism for the remission of your sins to rise to walk in a newness of life Being added to the church by God Himself. And being ready to live that faithful life all the days that He blesses us to have. If you have a need to respond, if we can help you in any way, we implore you to do so. Won't you come? As together we stand and while we sing.